The Diatribe Podcast presents Mamahood, the series, a project that is meant to bring forth the unique stories of all parents from all walks of life. Parenthood is colorful and it looks different on everyone. We tackle various topics on this series that may bring tears to your eyes, laughter to your heart, and hopefully a way for you to connect with other parents. So grab a drink or a coffee because let's be real, it's an essential for us parent folk and tune in with understanding, compassion, and appreciation for these unfiltered conversations. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Mamahood series. Today I have AC or Andy. He has a lot of names, so you guys can choose what you want to call him. He's not only a DJ and MC, he also works in men's mental health, which I love. And he also hosts AC Talks, which is his podcast and his YouTube channel. Coach AC is loaded with interesting and immersive content. This work led him to another career as a professional videographer and filmmaker. He's also, most importantly, a single father of a five-year-old boy and believes strongly in good parenting. Welcome to the show, AC. What's up? (laughs) Thanks for being here. Your whole bio is so interesting because I feel like we're very similar in the fact that we're very multifaceted. So how do you get into doing all of these things? (laughs) I think it's mainly because like I can't figure out one thing to do. Um, I think that's been my Mm -hmm. problem. Like niching down Mm -hmm. has been a big struggle for me. Like I'm the type of person who like wants to live life and have experiences, right? In in order for you to do that properly, I feel like you got to try different things. Mm -hmm. And when I try something, I kind of like, I got to take it to like as far as I can kind of take it. So that's how I end up having like my hand in like every cookie jar basically. I love that. And do you feel like that gets in the way of you mastering each sort of thing that you have your hand in? Or do you like immerse yourself in it? own it you know master it and then move on to the next thing no 100 percent. like I'm, I'm what they call a jack of all trades master of none for sure <laughs> i love that you're so open about it <laughs> that's amazing and how do you balance all of this while being a single father of a five-year-old boy i don't know you know i get that question a lot but um i think obviously time management is huge mm-hmm. um uh, but resting, resting is important too. There was times where I like run myself into the ground, especially where, like during wedding season when I'm doing all my weddings and and um, and all that's going on. Right. Uh, but um, rest, rest is the most important thing. Um, if you can actually get like time to even take like a power nap throughout the day, you'd be surprised of how much energy that brings back into your life. Right. Uh, and I still try to sleep. I think sleeping is extremely important too. I try to get like around six, seven, eight if I'm lucky hours a night. Oh my and, god! I feel and, like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> it's it's so important. Like otherwise, I'd just drive myself into the ground. And some days I really feel like I'm driving myself into the ground. But uh, uh, it's 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 the time management for sure. I mean, I don't watch Netflix, uh, not much <laughs> at least. Very 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 little. Um, you don't? You must be like the only person. I started watching Money Heist recently. Um, okay. And I don't know if you heard about that one, but it's like a Spanish yeah. kind of like thriller where they're like trying to like heist a bank or something like that. And um, yeah, I've been really into that. Spanish shows. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So that's nice. Yeah. So that I've been watching that. That's been my guilty pleasure lately. I'm like big on. So I know if I don't sleep, I'm not going to be at my best. And my daughter wakes up early as fuck. So I'm the same. Like I make sure I get to bed at a certain time so that I can get at least six, seven hours of sleep, eight if I can. Sometimes more, to be honest. You just have to like literally find your balance. And And, and yeah, that's something that like people who are not parents don't really understand, like how important sleep is. They Um, don't. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like, I always have been like that where I know I, I don't thrive if I don't sleep well, or I'm not at my best if I don't sleep as much as I need to, but damn, I took that shit for granted. Well, are you like an early riser though? Or like you always kind of like when, like when you didn't have kids, 
Um, yeah, like naturally me sleeping in would be to like 839. Wow. Okay. Like during my college years, like I literally woke <laughs> up like at one, two o'clock every day. So this was a huge shock for me. You know what? Like I used to envy people like that, but anyways, I digress. So you are a single father and you're open about that on your podcast and just like on your social media platform. And I feel like, um, so you're Vietnamese and I'm South Asian. And I don't know if it's the same in your culture, but in our culture, that's like being a single parent, whether you're male or female is so taboo. Um, and personally, I don't give a fuck. I don't think that really defines you or changes how good of a parent you are. Did you feel that cultural influence? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of cultural influence that I grew up um, going through. Um, I mean, obviously between the South Asian and the Asian thing, uh, you know, school is super important and like going yeah. and becoming like a lawyer, becoming a doctor, all that is super important. Like, you know, being good with your grades and everything. So, I mean, I've always had cultural pressure on me, whether or not it's like being a single parent or not. So right. by that point, like I've already made the conscious decision just to like live my life. And then like, I had that stark like, conversation with my parents and I was like, you know, I'm going to live my life the way that I want to live my life. Right. And um, I mean, if parents are always going to feel and, and I think we're going to feel the same way when our kids are older, too, that we always know best for our kids. And then, like, you know, we try to can hang out to that control yeah. over the kids. So I just told them straight up, I'm just like, look, you got to let me grow and yeah. um, I'm going to do my thing. And I did, which which is getting married. So, like, I mean, they, like, I got married pretty quickly, too. And so and at first they were like, what? Like, so. Yeah. So that was like the first shock. And then like like a year later, like I was already divorced. So they were probably like, you know, they were like losing their minds because like in, in both of our cultures, we understand that like, you know, keeping face is a thing, you know? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, a so, huge so, thing. Like, yeah. What's what's the rest of the neighborhood going to think? Like, what, what, what are your cousins? Like, you know what I mean? So I was just like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I felt I actually did feel bad, like not on a cultural level, but because like I rounded up like 230 of like my family and friends. Like I'm from Toronto. So like I had to like get half these people all the way out here to, to attend my wedding. Yeah, and literally, and then you know they, you know they, they bring gifts, obviously, right? So, um, I took all the gifts, and then like a year later, I'm like, oh, okay, guys, sorry, you know, I'm divorced now. So, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> thanks, that guys. Part, yeah, that part <laughs> made me feel bad, and uh, like literally, like no refunds, guys. Sorry, you know. <laughs> naturally, right? Like naturally, yeah. it'll come with a lot of guilt for so many reasons, and I didn't know that it happened so soon into your marriage. So, if you don't mind sharing. Were there like red flags, like if you don't mind sharing kind of what happened or what led you guys to that decision so, so soon after? And did you guys have your son already? Um, well, my son was, um, uh, we were expecting my son mm -hmm. uh, when we got married. Um, that's not the whole reason that we got married. Um, right. We were like long distance for a little while. And uh, like, I, like I said, I was from Toronto. She was from here. Mm -hmm. and um that kind of just rushed me into it because i wasn't really ready for it yet but i just knew i didn't want to like let go of her and then i was just like you know what you're we're kind of expecting now and um you know let's just get married i had no idea like to me it's was, it wasn't the it wasn't the quick decision to get divorced it was more of the quick decision to really get married i, right. I didn't really know myself at the time i don't think i had a great relationship with myself at the time right. uh, so when you're not like that you shouldn't make any big decisions in your life right do you regret like so not not regret getting married. I won't even you know what I won't even ask that. When your son was born, um, or when you guys found out that you were expecting, did you expect that you would be a single dad? That you guys were going to split ways? Was this in in the works kind of thing? Because that can really fuck with your mental headspace when you're also preparing to grow your family. Yeah. Um, I I mean, no relationship is perfect, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's not like even when you're about to get married to someone, like you're always gonna get like cold feet at the end, and like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing? Yeah. Uh, I knew for sure that whether or not it was gonna work out or not, um, I was gonna be a good father. 
mm-hmm. and that was that was just my focus really uh so whatever happened with the with the marriage and, and all that it was just um it's not, it's not like i wasn't gonna have my son you know so it's yeah. so, the, so so the focus really was just like no matter what happens between us we're gonna make the right decisions uh whether together or separate and yeah and we're just gonna do the best that we can and try to work together and try to be good friends for, for our it, son isn't it crazy how like you you become you know you're both expecting or there's a child in the picture or gonna be in the picture and your whole perspective just changes and like everything that's important to you and everything you're trying to do with your life just I feel like for me it flipped so I don't know about you but like when you're expecting you mean or like when you already yeah had your child? or when you're kind of like mentally preparing to have a child like even when I was pregnant I went on this whole crazy like shift in my mind and in my heart and all the shit that I thought was important to me wasn't like you said, I love that you said, regardless, you were going to have your son and you were going to be a great father. I feel like that's such an important mindset to have. And was there like a switch at any point of like, okay, fuck all of the outside noise. I just need to focus on this. Um, to be completely honest with you, I'm, and I have a little theory about a theory about all this too. Um, I mean, when you're carrying a child, like you're physically carrying a child, like this child is like literally a part of you. And I, you know, you know, I'm in men's mental health. So I, t- I do talk to yeah. a lot of dads and expecting dads and just, you know, men in general, uh, kind of like about, you know, things like this, you know, getting mm-hmm. married, having kids and stuff. And I'll personally tell you from my own story, like, um, I didn't like, I like it, it was, it didn't really hit me until like, even after my kid was born. Cause I was just like, you know, I was, wow. I think I was probably living so like selfishly, I guess at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like I knew I was going to be a good dad. I knew I was going like, to, I came from a good family too. Right. So it'd be mm-hmm. like a sin if I was like, uh, like any worse to my kid, like than than my parents yeah. were to me, you know? Yeah. So, but it, it didn't. And I think that was a part of the whole thing too. When like, when things broke down, cause I was like, yeah, you know, I'm getting ready. I'm married now. I moved to a new city. I got a new job. Like everything's all gravy. And I'm about mm-hmm. to have this kid and I'm going to be like, my life is like literally perfect, you know, like, but yeah. it didn't, it didn't feel perfect. And, right. um, yeah, so it was like when my, when my son was born and like, you know, when you're giving birth to a child, like you, like as a woman giving birth to a child, like I, I will never know how that, how that feels, but right. I can imagine like, that's like, like for real, like it's, it, it's not even, you don't have to worry about the outside circumstances. It's like, you're giving life to this child. Yeah. Whereas like the guys is like they're basically with like a phone and like trying to like catch the action that was going on, you know what I mean? And then like <laughs> Or like we, trying to like wait for the scissors to cut the umbilical cord or exactly, whatever. Exactly, you know? <laughs> so it's like it's not physiological for us. It's more emotional, yeah. it's more mental for us. And like I think yeah. a lot of guys have like uh they're probably like more out of touch with their kind of mental and kind of emotional side sometimes. Right. So that's kind of how I felt a little bit. But then after a while, like after when I really took like being a father like seriously and like and it took a while too because like as we were divorcing and going and like we were separated and stuff, there was obviously issues between us. So it right. was like hard for me to see my son sometimes at the beginning. Right. And that's where a lot of guys will like kind of like flip their shit and just be like, you know, start causing problems and then there's just like like tension and like you know courts got to get involved and everything like that so i was really really trying to avoid that but it was still very difficult so i had to like really suck it up and like not really see my son much in the first like year of his life basically so then it was it was even harder to bond that Uh, must have been hard on your mental health too is that when did you get into this mental health work was it related to you becoming a father yeah kind of like i think my whole philosophy behind like why i do mental health and why i help people is that you know i picked up tools along the way and i've had like a lot of like a lot of help in like counseling along the way too and mm-hmm. i've amassed all this knowledge and like it'd be a shame for me not to share this with people yeah so that kind of that's kind of like where how i got into it i've always been into mental health though i've always been like you know quote quotations like spiritual you know everyone throws that word around all the time now 
yeah. I, I grew up as a Buddhist my entire life, did a lot of studies in, in the religion mm-hmm. and, um, you know, picked up the principles, right? And most of those principles right. allow me to be like a pretty decent human being for the most part to, to yeah. people in general, you know, so. Buddhism is lit. I feel like we should all <laughs> practice that. Yeah, um, sure. you, it ain't perfect. You, Nothing's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we're all we're human beings. We're designed to have flaws and like to work on them and to acknowledge them and shit like that. You've mentioned your culture and like the way your parents were. You had an you had a great upbringing and you had great parents. How did that impact the way you parent? Did you aside from you wanting to like make sure you did at least what they did and then some um, what do you carry on from your parents? Well, again, just with people like no one's perfect. Right. So um like I had a good parenting relationship, but then there was a lot of like things in my parenting relationship that I had to kind of go through, like after my divorce and counseling and everything too, right? Just to kind of figure out, you know, like what did they do great and kind of what I what I wish that they did a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I guess I'm very critical, analytical like that sometimes, but not overly analytical to the point where like it drives me crazy. Yeah. But I do like to take like a clear look at things. So <clears throat> like my parents were always always there for me, no matter no matter what. So like I never had a doubt in my life where I couldn't count on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I remember one time I got suspended in high school because I was like, you know, doing some shit that I wasn't supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to get suspended. I might have gotten expelled at the time, too. And um, they called my dad to kind of like, you know, I, I guess come pick me up or something like that. Right. And like he dropped everything that he did at the moment. Like he was working. He did like service calls, fixing TVs and stuff like that. And he was literally there in like literally like probably like less than 15 minutes. Oh, that's amazing. And then but then like the vice principal who would like was trying to kick me out of school like saw that and he's like man you know you come from a good family you have a good dad yeah. like look how fast he came here and it's just like if you can promise that you're not gonna do this kind of stuff again we'll give you like half the suspension you get to stay in school and, and all that wow. kind of stuff so it's because like, your parents showed up that they were like okay you're not a complete fuck up literally it's like yeah it's you know, <laughs> just the apple probably don't fall far from the tree right this guy is just a little lost or something so i mean i remember that moment so vividly in my head because like like the cops were literally on their way you know so Wow. You know what's beautiful now that you mention it? A couple of the men, one of them, including my husband that I've interviewed for this series, have spoken about the way their parents showed up for them. And these are men that I actually admire, obviously. And that's why I have them on uh, my podcast, because I respect the way that they are fathers and just the way they present themselves and like maneuver their way through life. So it's so dope that that's a consistent theme um i think it's pretty clear i mean it's just like when you have loving parents and loving family members who show up for you then you now have the capacity to show up for other people exactly and you know what i didn't grow up in the most healthy environment and i didn't have parents that showed up for me and my thing was that i'm gonna do the complete opposite for my kids Mm, i'm gonna be there i'm gonna if anything i'm probably a bit extra but my daughter knows even when she's she's only three but when she's not happy with what i've said or like the rule I've made or this is the way shit's going to go right now. She knows that I love her. Like she's still going to be all over me. She's never, she really doesn't throw tantrums either. Like, Oh, I'm so lucky. He doesn't either. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it sounds weird and people might think I'm bullshitting when I say that, but my daughter has probably thrown one tantrum. Um, and it's after she saw another kid throw one and that's totally fine. (laughs) Like honestly, our kids mirror behavior, right? Yeah. Or it might be a so, Haitian thing too, maybe. <laughs> maybe, fuck. They're always so calm all the time. Like nothing phases them. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. No, and no. your son, Jackson, he's half Haitian and half Vietnamese, right? Yeah. How do you guys incorporate both your cultures into his life? That's a good question. A really, really good question. And it's difficult, of course, right? Um, like my like in like Vietnamese kids growing up in Canada in general, yeah. typically like I, I I what I say it's like it's not a super strong culture that really like pushes the culture on the kids too much as mm-hmm. much as it should to be honest like in my opinion 
because there's like so there's some languages like especially like um let's say punjabi for example or hindi right mm -hmm. a lot of the parents like it's like it's like part of the culture as they're growing up to make sure that they're able to speak that language right so like more Absolutely. kids growing up in canada like in, in toronto especially where i'm from like every single kid was able to speak punjabi or hindi Mm -hmm. right whereas in, in, in mandarin too like you know but in Vietnamese for some reason a lot of my friends were like you know even my cousins around my age and stuff like that like i was the only one who was actually able to speak Vietnamese. really it's like the I'm parents were punjabi not... by the way and it's so true yeah i mean a, a lot of my boys growing up were punjabi like like literally and, and like, I, like each one of them had like such a good relationship with their family and like mm -hmm. and that the language the culture was down they had the culture down you know what i mean yeah like even yeah. though these kids were born in canada like you can tell like you know what i mean they got the punjabi in their blood yeah, it's crazy. I feel like I can I think I can speak for a lot of Punjabi people where I where like our grandparents lived with us for a lot of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I know like that's um, common in a lot of cultures as well. But like I honestly like when people ask me how I learned to speak Punjabi, I'm like my grandma, like mm -hmm. when too, I was actually. born. Yeah, when I was born, she lived with us. Um, not right away, but shortly after. And even actually when I was born, my grandma and my mom's side, my dad's side lived with us. So my first language was Punjabi. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's 100% like as a grandparent thing for sure. Yeah. And it's funny because even now that my daughter, like my mom is like pretty modern, I would say, mm -hmm. um, because we have like the Malaysian influence as well. So our family's more laid back and we're not mm -hmm. like the typical Punjabi family. But with my daughter, like my mom and my aunts are always like, make sure she learns Punjabi, make sure she learns Punjabi. I'm like, yeah. this girl is like, fluent in english and french like oh, give her a break she knows right. some punjabi words and they're like no oh my god she needs to learn punjabi and now because my mom is like in trying to influence that wherever she can um because she's not like in her life as like a major influence on a weekly basis i would say maybe once a month is she here in ottawa she is okay she just like she, i don't know she just um that's a whole different story but you'll probably learn about it on throughout the mama series mm. um but now that she's you know just getting older and like understanding language and dialogue she asks me like can you teach me punjabi like how do really? i say this in punjabi oh, and i'm awesome. like yeah like you're three and i love it and i'm she's I just three her. yeah she's only three years wow, old she has been talking her. a lot since she was like 18 months she was like saying full sentences well now's the time right if they want to pick up another language for sure but it's difficult like my, my kids like in french school too i'm english mm -hmm. so that's that's challenging especially now we got to like homeschool them and stuff Oh yeah, and, how is that working out for you guys? Like in terms of co-parenting, are you guys fifty-fifty or? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so okay, that's dope. and it's not like week on week off. It's actually like two days here, two days there, and then the weekend nice. here, and then like two days there, two days here, weekend here, whatever, something like that. So it it, it works nice. out pretty evenly, and I don't go too long without seeing my kids, so it's awesome. And how how does that um, impact him? Do you think is he cool with it? Is, is he well adjusted? Yeah, I think it's like pretty much all he ever knew, right? And we live like yeah. five minutes away from each other. Uh, oh so, nice yeah yeah i literally like i can walk him over like it's it's and we do that a lot it's nice i i always told my husband like we don't we ha don't have problems to that extent right now but um i always told him like listen if we ever had to co-parent we're living five minutes away from each other and it's funny and i've joked about it but you guys are literally doing that yeah but the thing is like mm, <laughs> life is life changes you know what i mean sometimes so like that's part part scares me sometimes it's just like yo what if she you know meet someone else and like this guy gets a job in like another part of the country and like they're married and then you know they got to take him and stuff like yeah. that so nothing is forever like even though she's five minutes away from me now like i try not to take that for granted 100 percent, just because good like, for you like, that's true and that's probably the thing that probably affects me the most about co-parenting and like kind of being a divorcee and like having like a, a child is just like i really don't I'm not, I'm not really in control of his future like that right so right well at least yeah. you're aware of it right so mm -hmm. you're not just gonna be 
um, thinking this is going to be forever because that's unrealistic. Did you guys have to explain this to your son? I know he's only not five. Yet. No, but... not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But, so this is just his normal life. Like he doesn't really ask too much about it. No, and we're we're still cool, right? Like, um, like we're still able to to be civil and like kind of say hi to each other and kind of stuff like that. And like if she if there's something happens, or let's say, like for example, like you know sometimes like he goes days without pooping and stuff like that, right? So like yeah. I can clearly just call her and ask her anytime and be like, hey, so what what was his poop schedule like? <laughs> like that's how, so how many funny because that week, you know, so. yeah, that's an actual thing that like just today I was asking my husband, did she poop today? Did she poop with <laughs> yeah, you? Exactly. Or... Oh my god, that's hilarious! I love that. Like it's really the same thing. It's just what's what's your biggest challenge would you say biggest challenge mm, because i feel like if you guys are communicating efficiently you guys have that down pat yeah uh, there's there's actually like quite a few benefits of doing this actually too um uh, i'll talk about that while i think about like the challenges because mm. um you know sometimes like when you're together in a couple and maybe uh, as a couple and maybe you're not like too happy in that relationship and um you're not really good at like cooperating and being like like a team team mm -hmm. player and like kind of splitting things evenly and like you know both giving affection to the to the kid where mm -hmm. like for example most a lot of like cultures like ours is like you know the man is the one who provides you know works and then comes right. home and but the wife is the one who's kind of like you know homemaking and you know providing all the care and love and affection for the child right um so you know once you go down that path for a little while you can see like obviously the big downsides of that approach Mm -hmm. but when i'm with him by myself i have to give him everything i gotta be like mommy right. and dad a little bit i gotta be super affectionate i gotta work i gotta cook i got i literally gotta do everything so he gets all of that from me and he also gets all of that from her too i love that he's seeing both dynamics um as equal exactly so i think that's probably a good thing um challenge wise um obviously i just don't get to see my kid that much right like i mean mm -hmm. like the full time uh so that's definitely a challenge um balancing life i think is, is, is a challenge too um because we both know that even though like we're divorced we are literally like tied to each other basically at the hip still as we parent like our son until he's like a certain age where he's able to just do his own thing yeah so yeah. But, but that's more of a selfish reason i think um in terms of you know just raising him as a child so far like he's been awesome so like it's hard for me to even think of a challenge because like i think we're overcoming everything pretty well nice um but uh, yeah, and there's really just selfish reasons if I was to come up with challenges like paying child support and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah. Whatever. I mean, that's not selfish. It's, it's you know, something that affects your life. So yeah, my it life, makes yeah. sense. But it's actually, it's not that bad. We worked out a pretty decent deal and um, I'm happy to do it, right? I, 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 um, like I work so much, so I'm able to like help out a little bit more. Yeah. I think more men should really think this way. And like, you know, some guys are just like, oh, you know, I'm losing money every single month and stuff like that. But for me, it's just like, okay, like, you know, this money's going towards like, Know, keeping them afloat you know what i mean because like that's yeah. his house too and i want that house to be like okay you know like i want them to be to feel comfortable there so that's such a beautiful men like mentality to have regarding the whole situation i know when my parents divorced my dad didn't pay shit mm. and he was supposed to do and like they went to court about it and everything and in the end they both played their part in it neither one of them is a saint but in the end i remember um my dad was like going to be in trouble for it or whatever and he called mm -hmm. my mom and he's like i need you to write a letter that said i'm all up to date with my wow. child support and he didn't pay anything and and she did it for him anyways and i'm like mom you're a g for doing that that's pretty old like, school like i think I, I heard like i mean I, I work with a lot of men right and this yeah. is the message that i try to preach to the men just do whatever you can you know and just hopefully you don't yeah. get taken advantage of but uh but yeah no it's 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 such a common such a common thing do you are you like a therapist do you have 
a resource for men, you know, single fathers, if they're listening for them to go check out or. So, yeah, I do life coaching. Like I have a life coaching certificate um, nice. and I've started seeing some clients for a little bit, but that really took up a lot of my time because it's like life coaching is extremely, extremely taxing, especially if you don't have the right clients. Right. Right. Uh, so I, I just take that information that I learned just to help myself and really just to help other people. Like when I do podcasts or when I do like videos and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like that, that knowledge kind of fuels that. Mm-hmm. but right now I'm currently not like seeing any clients or anything like that. It's, it's a bit much. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask how you would find your balance with that all, but I guess like you just have to take breaks, right? Yeah. You just got to like keep the right people in your circle, right? The, like your like energy is everything. Yes. And uh, if you're around folks who are just going to like drain your energy, then you really don't want to be around those folks. So I'm really like aware of like how I, how I feel around people. I'm, I'm able to help everybody. Like any man who wants to talk to me and wants to have like a real conversation with me about this kind of stuff. Like I'm not going to say no to them, right? Yeah. Uh, like I run two groups on Facebook, actually. One's my own men's group for like over 200 guys. And one's an Ottawa dad group that was kind of handed, like the keys were handed to me. And there's like 600 dads on there from Ottawa region. Oh my God. Uh, That's dope. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty cool. It's been like, and they're engaging like every single day. They're asking each other questions. It's a really, really good group of guys. Um, so I'm going to share that page for sure. Yeah, yeah for still. sure. For sure. We, we have like a, thank you. We have a lot of mom resources and I know there's some dad groups, but I've heard like through the moms, um, you know, hearing from their partners that like it takes a lot for the group to actually like do something or discuss things or whatever. So I'm definitely going to share that. Yeah, our group is uh, they feel pretty good because we protect them, too. Right. I make sure that there's only like dads that are in there. You know, what I mean, like, not yes. no men who don't have kids or like not any moms who are trying to sneak into the group or anything like that, despite <laughs> their husbands, because there are there's, there's that happens sometimes. I love that because like we're we're the same in our. So I. I'm currently just in one mom group, um, Dope Moms of Ottawa. Nice. After being in these types of spaces and connecting with different people, I'm on the same tip that you are in terms of protecting your energy and being aware of who you're sharing it with and exchanging it with because it took me becoming a mom to realize how valuable I am as a person mm. to myself. Mm-hmm not just to the world, but like, I need to protect this shit. I can't just be over exhausting myself. I can't just be making myself available all the time. I have to learn how to say no. So true. Um, and it sounds silly, but I read this little book called boundaries. And up until I read that, I literally thought boundaries was like offense. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it technically like, is like technically, uh, but yeah. So it's perfect that you say that because I didn't know that it could apply to me as well mm-hmm. because in my upbringing, there it was very the love was conditional so unless you like provided something um like when i was younger unless i was like being a great kid or whatever in any way that i could you wouldn't get love and then when i grew up and and was of legal age to work it's like unless you're working and providing um to the household you don't deserve love mm. so it was always conditional like that and it was never like, what do you need? Are you okay? Where's your, you know, how are you feeling with your mental health? Or mental health wasn't even a thing. It still isn't in my family. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, So it's so dope that you have a group like that. I think dad's voices and feelings and everything that they go through matters as well. And I think it's dope for them to have a place to connect. Yeah, 100%, 100% for sure. It's, it's been great. Um, I really like that. You know, cultures like ours, like we, we, we don't really grow up like kind of nurturing the child too much um, yeah. where it's all just it's all about performance, basically. Right. Like how well are you doing? And sometimes even how well are you doing compared to your peers? You know what I mean? And like your siblings. Yeah. And your siblings. So it's just like we don't really get that praise sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's and so I, true. And I think it's important to get that praise. Um, OK, I'm going to switch this up because once I share 
your page and just everything about you. I know there might be some ladies out there wondering. So before we get into dating questions, what is what is your social life look like? I know you guys. Life. Yeah, I know you guys like co-parent and but you also work a lot. So like, where's your balance with your social life with your friends with your podcast with all that shit? Well, okay, the thing is, like, when you do what you love, it doesn't really feel like work, right? So when I'm doing podcasts sometimes, like, I get to speak to some really interesting people, mm -hmm. uh, make some new friends and new connections and stuff like that. So, like, to me, that's kind of like work and social life at the same time. Like, if I can get both, fantastic. That's um, I also try to, you know, stay, you know, like, pretty active. And back when the gym was actually still a thing, like, you could mm -hmm. actually go. And it's kind of like a social mm -hmm. thing, right? You go talk <laughs> to people, whatever, everything, everything's all good. So, like, there's, like, again, work and play, the same kind of same kind of thing yeah um dating otherwise um i don't know i don't think it's like a like a big desirable kind of trait to be like a single dad and like kind of date um yeah. a lot of girls will probably see that as like a red flag and, and they probably should really? because like yeah 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 yeah. i it depends who you ask i think mm -hmm. but maybe the ones who actually have dated single parents before probably know i think i know there's the ideal there it's like oh my god he's so cute there with his kid and stuff like that but it's 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 responsibility right it's the yeah. fact that i can't pack up and like go down to like cancun for like a week or two at a time you know like yeah. whenever the hell i want to yeah uh, yeah so there's a lot of boundaries kind of kind of there um but uh you know i've, I've been i've been meeting people and uh, and it's, it's hard for me too right like being a parent of a child to yeah. date someone and to like really like okay do i really want to invest my time and energy into this person do right. they fit my life long term and uh there's so many more things for you to factor right yeah but i try not to like, overthink it because like when you overthink it in a relationship it's not fun anymore you know so yeah uh, it's it's finding that balance between be between all that and just trying to just be in the moment i mean being the moment is probably the most important thing so just finding someone that you're happy and enjoying spending time with in the present moment mm -hmm. and just kind of just like let that shit run for as long as you can you know <laughs> so yeah for sure when you date people do you i know not every um thing you get into necessarily will be serious or whatever the case is but do you give them the full disclosure or do you feel like you have to that you're a dad oh man that's such a good question uh, especially nowadays with just like the online dating and everything yeah. like it's just like how do you like I've, I've experimented with all of them right like i've experimented to be like some girls like even like I, like i gotta meet with them first in person and then i tell them that i have a kid Right. Um, and then I see how that goes. And then sometimes I'm just like straight up on my profile. I'm like, yo, I'm a single dad. You know, I put pictures <laughs> of like, you know, the back of my kids. Like, you know, there's like two a of us. us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, no, we're a package deal, you know? Yeah. But no, no, like, so I've done stuff like that. And um, I think honesty is always the most important thing. So I might not advertise it that I'm a single dad anymore, like on like a profile or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like when I chat with them, I'm like, hey, by the way, you know, I'm a dad. And it's like a huge part of my life. And, and uh, it is what it is. I'll be honest with you when before I was married to my husband, I don't think I dated um, anybody who was a dad, but me and my girlfriends would always in our group chat be talking about go get yourself a daddy. He already mm -hmm. got his shit together. Go get well, I'm right here. Tell your friends. <laughs> I'm Listen, I'm this isn't going to be on my mama hood series. This is going to be a whole dating series now. OK, okay. <laughs> we're going to have <laughs> it could be an everything series. Like <laughs> We'll have some people lined up, you know, we'll do some interviews. Yeah um but do you think like i don't know do you have a different goals because you're a dad like when you date people do you sort of like just look for longevity or are you like open at this point because you posted a funny meme about sliding into dms today oh yeah yeah really i mean funny. like i'm a guy right so, but, uh, but no but i don't know i definitely don't uh i don't i don't date around too much because i think it's it's kind of like especially if you're sleeping around a lot i think it's kind of dirty yeah. Uh, not just dirty and like, oh my God, that's bad or evil sin. I'm just, I mean, like disease wise, that's dirty. You yeah. Know what I mean? So it's just like, it's not worth kind of doing that kind of stuff. 
Um, so, you and know, like I you would said, say you're trying to protect your energy, right? So you can't I'm just exactly. be... you can't have like, too many toxic people around and like too many people with just like too many issues and stuff. And, and it is draining. It's a lot of emotional work to date, whether it's serious or not. Yeah. I, I need to be, I need, I need someone's energy to kind of like, you know, inspire me a little bit. Right. So like, that's kind of hard. Yeah. You need someone, number one on the same wavelength and number two, like someone who's actually able to like push you and inspire you and stuff. Yeah. Um. So no, I had like, and and it, that's allowed me to really like spend a lot of my time just like working and and you know being a dad. It's just not right. focused. And because some guys were literally just like they're on their phones all day swiping. You know what I mean? Like they're that that's all they're doing. Oh my and god. And I see that just as a, a big waste of time, really. So um. I don't know how I would do on these dating apps. I I never. I think they really like kicked off when I got into a serious relationship with my now husband. Good. So I never got to try them out. That's but good. like, consider yourself blessed. Because <laughs> it's uh it's pretty ratchet out there. It's pretty it's, it's it's not the best experience for sure. Why? Like why is it so ratchet? Aren't people all looking o- for the options, same thing? Options, 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 right? <sighs> um it's just when you're provided with too many options, what do you order? You know, even when I go to McDonald's it's now, the menu is so big, I don't even know what they want to get, you know what I mean? So it's and people you know every time really... you get something at McDonald's, it's pretty much most of the time gonna be bad for you too, right? So that's it's true. probably a good it's analogy. True. It's true, it tastes good, but and I feel like now that everything is just at your fingertips, even when you're in a relationship or when you're steadily dating someone, everyone else is so easily accessible. Yeah, exactly. Like your, again, your options, right? Like when you back pocket people and stuff like that, like you never really give someone like the full thing uh, because yeah. you know that you got like option like B, C and D like waiting in the, in, in, in the trenches, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm really not on it too much anyways. And I think like, like straight up, like being, I don't know. I just, I just feel like being like an Asian guy a little bit. It, it, we're yeah. we're kind of like kind of overlooked a little bit on the on the online dating stuff and i'm speaking oh, just straight damn. up on numbers yeah yeah yeah, for sure show but, my asian dude some love guys that's what i'm saying no no, we, no I'm, I'm playing it's, it's <laughs> it, but it, but it's that's that's the game you play when you're playing in like a shallow kind of playground right right which right. is like online dating right so it's all just looks and it's all just like kind of like maybe stereotyping and just like whatever you know so yeah have you and jackson's mom um ever been in relationships that were serious enough where you were like bringing the other person into jackson's life mm. yeah um like well right now she's dating a guy who has two other kids actually okay and um i mean they consider themselves a little family right like he calls them his sisters and like you know i've met Aww. him he like we actually did jackson's birthday this year january at my house so i threw a house party for him and his friends okay and he came over with his two daughters and like they were helping me decorate the place you know so it was uh, that's amazing yeah it was pretty cool He's, he seems like a pretty nice guy and like i haven't really had that chat with him yet yeah you know like that you know that really stern handshake chat like <laughs> yeah i haven't felt like i needed to so yeah. far but like i felt like i felt it before but um now i'm kind of just like letting things kind of go a little bit and if he doesn't give me a reason to then it's all good but that's dope yeah. um, i feel like you guys are in an ideal place with your co-parenting right now yeah but it's not perfect though because it's like for me if i was to meet someone too um that's that's another thing too um most people are like are used to like single parents who like are like at each other's necks you know like they're beefing yeah Uh, so when you actually like meet a girl sometimes and like sometimes you tell them like yeah you know me and her get along great and like you know we kind of like when she needs to talk to me like we could talk no problem you know what i mean yeah. And then they kind of get a little territorial or they kind of get a little, a little jealous sometimes. And they're just like, you know, you know, you shouldn't have a good relationship with her. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? What? Yeah. And that's happens. also how, you know, like, OK, we ain't going to date no more <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you need somebody who's um, mature enough yeah. to actually appreciate that kind of situations. But I wonder, like, how you go from being like living a single life and she has her own apartment and then she's going to, you know, be like a stepmom i feel like that's a big change for people too how what would you give 
Oh, like if they're now they're they're about to they're they're basically split up now at this point, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're starting their they're lives like, over. Yeah, exactly. And like they're about to bring somebody new and not new. Like she's she's now involved in the kid's life, and it's beautiful. Mm. Um, and she's basically gonna step in as like a stepmom eventually. I okay. I guess right. Um, what advice would you give people in that kind of situation? I I don't make rules when it comes to that kind of stuff. You know, some people are just like, oh, you're not meeting my kids until like a year or something like that, or yeah. like you got to meet the kid's other parent and stuff like that. I'm I'm very situational when it comes to things. Right. Um, so if I feel like my child's safety is is not in danger, mm-hmm. um, then I may introduce a little bit earlier. Right. Uh, if I feel like it's not going anywhere or like whatever, you know what I mean? I'll just probably put it off and like will not want to introduce them to my kid. Yeah. But um. Yeah, and look, my advice for them would be just to just make sure everyone's on the same page, right? Yeah. Um, there's like this really beautiful picture that I like, and it's just like there's a kid in the middle, and it's like kids playing soccer, and there's like a, a like a couple on the left of the kid, and then there's a couple on the right of the kid, mm-hmm. and then there's like you know mom and st- and they literally have names on their jerseys. So one of them's like mom, and one of them's like stepdad, and one of them's like dad, and one of them's like stepmom. So they're cute. both next to it, and they're all kind of like kind of holding each other and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm like, yes, like that. That's ideal, you know. So they're all there. They're all cheering on the kid and stuff. So. That's beautiful. Like because everyone, yeah. everyone is like a, it, it's like a team, right? At the end of the day, so yeah. if everybody can just bring something to the table, and like alleviate the the extra stress and the extra noise, that's the ideal situation. It's just if everyone can put the child in front of their own problems, basically, yes. or kind of just like then then I'm okay with that. And it's obviously easier for the parents to do that. But the step parents who actually step in and are able to be like, you know what, we're we're all in this together, and uh, you know, as a stepdad, like I don't, or as like a single parent, I don't need someone else to come in and like love my kid as much as I love my kid, because mm-hmm. I know that's virtually impossible. Yeah. Um, but if they're able to come in and like be a good team player and like you know know how to um, compromise, I think is an important word. Yeah. Then that's that's literally all I could really ask for. Yeah, that's super healthy for Jackson. Mm. That's super, super healthy in terms of the environment you guys are creating for him. Because shit will happen. Shit happens. We all know this. Mm -hmm. But to have that foundation is so good for him. Like, if I was in that situation with my parents when I was younger, I feel like it just would have felt so good to know. Because, like, even though he's young, kids understand energies, right? And they know. Well, they're sponges. Like, literally, they feel everything, actually. I've done a lot of research into that kind of stuff, too. About They're like so attachment aware. anxiety. Yeah, like yeah. attachment anxiety is something I really read up on quite a bit because I think if you have attachment anxiety, it's a really big self-love, self-compassion issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get um, separation anxiety from or attachment anxiety from when you're a child, like when you're a baby, basically, right? When you need your parents around and when they're not around, right. like you freak the hell out, you know? Right. And these experiences literally ripple throughout your entire life. Yeah. Wow, that's something I need to look more into. And I know it, like it's a fact. I see it. I, I've lived it myself. Um, so I totally get that. Super cool. I'll, I'll, offline, I'll give you a couple of resources. Thank you. I appreciate that. I wanted to ask you about Jackson. What are some things that he has really taught you about yourself? Um, he just re- he reinforces the fact that I just mentioned that like literally he's a sponge, you know? Like sometimes like, like I, <laughs> I'll probably like swear sometimes and like he kind of picks <laughs> it up a little bit or he says it as a joke. And I'm like, no, don't say that. And he's like, but you said it. I'm like, okay, just don't, okay? Like it's a bad word. I'm sorry. Uh, but um, he taught me how much, like I, I never used to love kids. Like I wasn't one of those guys who was just like, oh my God, I love kids. They're so cute. Like I literally yeah. would like, every time my little cousins would come around, like I would just be like, yo, I'm in my room. I'm going to play my video games. <laughs> just like, I'll see you guys later. Okay, I'll see you guys. Let me know when it's dinner time. 
yeah <laughs> but uh but like ever since i had him he taught me like how much i can actually love like a kid you know even how much i can actually love like another human being or like a family member and just like it's crazy it's crazy do you have does jackson have cousins like do you have other kids in your family now yeah yeah we actually back in toronto we have a ton of kids actually in the family there was like a huge boom because a lot of my uncles and aunts had kids late in their life wow uh so there's like a little and, and there's like 11 or 12 kids out in, out in toronto right now all under the age of like 12 13 are your parents in toronto or ottawa now everyone's in toronto my entire family all my friends like i had to make new friends when i came here you came Uh, out for love for real yeah exactly literally like it was just like it was pretty dramatic and my life really was dramatic at the time Mm -hmm. uh and just it was just one thing after another maybe like i craved the drama or something like that but it was just like it was like it was like a movie man you know what i mean so yeah i feel like you get used to you get comfortable with the chaos yeah, I I did some research into that recently too, and it's it's like a, it's an ego thing, right? Uh, where like when, when you crave drama and you just gotta keep doing new things, it's just because you can't stand it being boring, I guess, right? So yeah, I was I was once in the exact same place, and I didn't even realize it, mm-hmm. and I was just repeating cycles over and over and over again, and like even bringing new toxic cycles in without knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like super. It was like totally unknowingly, and when I was like becoming aware of all this shit and aware of myself. And all my toxic shit, I was like, wow, I need to cut this shit out. Yeah, it's a slippery slope, right? And um, it's a rabbit hole. That's the term a lot of people are using nowadays. And, but for me, like, it took me, like, a, a divorce and, like, you know, lose, losing my child, like, kind of half the time a little bit, too, right? So I'm happy mm-hmm. that you actually were able to get through your stuff and, like, you know, you're, you're, you're doing well, you know? So I'm really happy for you. Thank you. I think it's, like, a forever journey. Like, mm-hmm. oh, of course. I'm always going to be on it. I don't like those people that are out there promoting that they're like 100% woke and they can sell you something yeah, similar. They're the, they're the least woke fucking people, like, you know? Exactly. It's always going to be a consistent journey. I'm going to have days where I fall off the wagon again and I'm just like, everything's coming down on me and I'm like questioning my entire existence. I'm like, oh my God. Um, and then there's days where I'm like, nope, nothing can face me. Nothing at all. I think too, it it really comes from like, a place of having survival mentality. Mm-hmm. I talk about that pretty often. I grew up in survival mode and I think I lived in survival mode up until I started realizing this shit when I was pregnant and I like loosened up and I started to heal and I'm like, "Wow. I don't need to live on edge all the damn time." That's beautiful. Yeah. I'm sure your your partner and your husband probably plays a big role in that too. He absolutely does. And I think we came together at a point in my life where I was finally ready to not um sort of stay on the same track um and we actually we were also so my husband's also Haitian like Jackson's mom mm-hmm. and we also um were pregnant before like getting married or anything mm-hmm. and our marriage was definitely influenced like we got married at the courthouse because family wanted us to do so and blah 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 we were more than happy to be together though like we knew it'd be a forever thing regardless but yeah we were also in a very i feel like we have a similar story and just um parts of our journey that we can relate to yeah for sure that's why i love having you on this right now no i appreciate it it's been it's been, it's been vibes for sure so i do want to wrap it up though um what i've decided to do is reina was sitting with me when i decided that you know what fuck it i'm gonna finally announce i'm doing this mama series mm. and i tell her everything like i just talked to her like she's my she's my home girl nice. and i told her i was doing this and i'm like do you have any questions you want to ask my friends and she does so i'm gonna ask you some really really pressing questions from reina okay I think they're more geared towards your son, Jackson. Okay. Um, she wanted to know, and I had to like edit the grammar. Do you have any toys to play with? 
Well, my son definitely has toys, a lot of toys. Um, not too many though. We try to limit it, but I as well collect a lot of cool things. So I don't know if you know what Funko Pops are. No. There's little boxes with like those little characters, and like any okay. any company can kind of come up with their own. So like you know, Marvel will have their own Funko Pops and everything like mm-hmm. that. And like I'm a big wrestling fan, so like there's like wrestling Funko Pops and everything. And there's like Rockstar ones. So literally, it's like collectibles, and you like stack all these boxes up, and like it's like super super cool. That's dope. She would be really happy with that answer. Yeah. Um, I, have tons, couple, I got tons of toys. Trust me. I, I love that. <laughs> I'm a big I kid. I love that. I feel like even as adults, we need our own thing, right? Oh, for sure. Um, okay, another pressing question. Are you ready? Yeah. Is that the question? <laughs> <laughs> you never know, right? Yeah. From coming from a toddler. Yeah. I don't think she worded this correctly, but do you have cartoons? Oh, of course I have cartoons. Cartoons are so important. <laughs> um, um, I, we have cable because I grew up with cable my entire lives and uh, I wouldn't want to rob my, my son of having cable, right. uh, even though it's so expensive. Um, but yeah, I know he loves watching Treehouse and stuff like that. And he's like a little G. So like we actually started watching The Simpsons recently too. This kid's five. So I love that. Yeah, my daughter cool. watches SpongeBob. I don't know if that's normal for kids. No, yeah, I think so. I think, I think SpongeBob became the new Simpsons for a lot right? of the kids in the generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah right okay yeah it was strange i the simpsons taught me so much i know we're getting off topic a little bit but the simpsons probably taught me more than public school to be honest like you know what's funny i had this conversation with my girlfriend recently um my parents didn't give a flying fuck what we watched like i remember watching the exorcist at like four or five years old um like literally everything and then being immigrant parents they would use that to be like if you don't eat the exorcist girl is going to be under your bed and i'm like oh my it's so far like I literally have PTSD from that shit. But in turn, I'm obsessed with horror things now. Like that's really? all I watch. I wow. love and I wouldn't like as a kid, I would kind of be scared, but like mm-hmm. not even really. I became more intrigued. Wow. So maybe they did me a solid. That's pretty cool. Like I don't hear many people, especially women, saying that. Like, yeah, no, horror is like my, my one of my favorite genres. Oh my god. I'm obsessed. Like and my husband once asked me, like, I was watching he came home from a work trip and I'm watching, like I'm in the house myself watching some fucked up shit alone. And when it was over and we turned the TV off, he's like, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like sometimes when I watch horror, like I have to sleep with the lights on. And my family was the same way, though. I used to grow up like literally at seven or like six or seven. I was literally watching the Jerry Springer show. Like it was on like yeah. three times a day. That's hilarious. So I say that to say one day my dad walks into the living room and I'm probably like eight years old and The Simpsons is on TV. And maybe he caught a joke or something that was fucked up at the time. <laughs> But he's like there, like just cigarette lit in my face. Like he's like, what the fuck is this? Turn this shit off. I can't believe what you're watching. And I'm like, what? The Simpsons out of everything? Like, <laughs> I know. Wait till you actually see what I'm watching. For real. I'm like, do you guys know what you've put me through? <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So I'm glad you answered that question. Thank you for answering Reina's questions. Now I'm going to give you the final word. If you have anything to say to parents out there, to single parents, to your, to ladies who are going to slide in your DMs, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, to those ladies first, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to y'all later. Um, and uh, okay. For like my advice for just people in general um, is just uh, the work that you have to do outside or the work that you have to do in your entire life is, is all within. So uh, if you find yourself going through like, you know, difficult patterns in your life or like, you know, toxic behavior and like, it's important to become like really aware to like yourself, your actions, your words, and your thoughts. And from there, you can start to change right? and start to be a better person. So um, I think if everyone did that inner work, this world would be a much, much better place. Thank you. A word from Andy A.C. Tran. 